This is the show-off. It's the collab you didn't know you needed. The unholy union of two powerhouses of Australian media. Pedestrian and the Batuta Advocate. Taking a savage swipe at the week in entertainment news. Anything you've missed. And everything people give a shit about. I'm Josie Rosenberg-Clark, Head of Editorial at Pedestrian. I'm Laura Marcia, Entertainment Reporter at Pedestrian. I'm Effie Bateman, Lifestyle and Entertainment Reporter at The Batuta Advocate. And I'm Wendell Hussey, the Sports Reporter at The Batuta Advocate and the token bloke of this podcast. Now, today on the show-off, we've got plenty to talk about, as per usual. We've got a follow-up on T-Swizzle and Matty Healy and what he likes to indulge in. Uh, we're going to talk about the ABC, who've come under fire for their coronation coverage. Lots and lots of angry letters written to the ABC in regards to that. There's a Kardashian curse we need to talk mm. about because the Kardashian is dating a new notable celebrity. We've also got some romance news for Phoebe Bridges and Bo Burham. Burnham? Burnham. Burnham. Yeah, I was about to say I'm going to need help on both of those. Um, Phoebe and Bo. Particularly, yeah, Phoebe Phobo? and Bo. Phobo. Yep. <laughs> Phobo. That's pretty good. I'm going to need some help with Phobo. And uh, we're also going to talk about the writers' strike, which is happening over there in America, and what that means for Hollywood, and what that means for TV consumers like us. Let's get into it. So we've got a special guest today. I've decided to soft launch Laura from my team. Um but we didn't get the subtle memo and we wore matching outfits. So mm. if you actually watch this online now, you will see we're both wearing black corduroy and we walked into the office and our faces fell. Not because we look bad. We both look fucking cute. Mm. But we look like twins. But anyway, Laura yeah. is joining us today. I just want to say I wanted to be like my milf mama over here. <laughs> <laughs> I paid her to say that. Thanks, Laura. Fair enough, JSE. Your back must be sore carrying pedestrian. On this podcast <laughs> for the last few yeah, weeks, yeah. you got LM in to give you a hand. Looking forward to it. But before we get started on those stories and talking about all the big issues in entertainment news, anyone got any obsessions? Um, Effie Bateman, what, I, are you, I, what dark corner of the internet <laughs> have you found yourself I'm nervous. in this week? I'm nervous. I don't have an obsession, but I... I found out like a really weird fact this week. Okay. And I found out because I was watching old interviews and I was watching... This old interview with um, Serge Gainsbourg and Jane Birkin. Mm -hmm. So they were like the original Maddie Healy and Taylor Swift. <laughs> so Serge Gainsbourg was this 40-year-old pretentious French mm. guy. Constantly he was smoking. smoking. That is not a French name, Serge Gainsbourg. Oh, wait, no. He, is it? Is he French? He's French. He's French. And Jane Birkin was a 22-year-old beautiful actress mm. and model. Anyway, they were dating and there's an interview that surfaced of her talking about basically the interview was like why do you like this man which is a fair question he is the most french looking man he is i so have ever french seen yeah. in my life and serge gainsbourg is a french name i apologize euphemia and um basically she's like no you know he could get a younger girl mind you she's 22 How he's 40 younger are we going daycare i don't know it's uh. daycare <laughs> But she starts telling this lovely story that she's always liked things that nobody else likes. And she's telling this beautiful story about a pet bird that she had as a kid. Mm. And she said, this bird hated everyone but me. It loved me and I used to stroke under its wings and it used to really <laughs> love me. And then I was <laughs> reading comments and apparently if you stroke a bird under its <laughs> wings... <laughs> You arouse it. Oh. So she was turning the bird on 
And apparently birds, if you stroke them <laughs> under the wings or like specific places, they just... <laughs> They get so aroused that they masturbate. <laughs> and basically, um, it's... As in the birds masturbate themselves? Yes. And they get... Sometimes they get so frustrated, they pluck out their feathers. Oh. But basically, this sweet story she had about why she lo- she formed this yeah. bond with the bird was because she she was arousing it. That's bestiality, yeah? Yeah. No. Is it bestiality Accidental if bestiality. you know? If you, if you don't know... Yeah, true, you know. Well, we Sometimes know now. Sometimes a red rocket comes out in the dog and we don't know <laughs> what they're doing to stir that up. I cut it my dog and it's there and I'm like, put it away. Yeah, <laughs> the little lipstick comes out. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, um, basically, if you have a pe- pet bird, mm. be careful where you pet it. Don't yep. wank off your pet birds, basically. Yeah, if you a put PSA. a chicken's head under its wing, it goes to sleep. Oh, really? That? Yeah, that's how they chop their heads off. If, like, home oh farmers chop their heads up. Because you put their um, <laughs> head under their wing and then they go to sleep and then... What if you, you tickle it under up. its wings <laughs> at the well, same time? Well, then you get some, yeah, you get some chicken jizz, I guess. That's a pretty hectic obsession to open up with. But thank you, as always, for sharing. I asked about is. which dark corner of the internet and you found was, yourself yeah, in. Yeah. And that was it. Birds and pleasuring them. Uh <laughs> Laura, I believe you have an obsession for us too. I do, but mine isn't as saucy as yours. So mine is that show Jury Duty. It's on Amazon Prime. Have you guys heard of this? Heard one? A lot I'm obsessed about it. with Ronald. Oh my god. Heard of it, haven't watched. Dying to know like what is it about? Okay, well I've got you. Basically it's this dude and he thinks he's signing up for like a documentary on like a jury. But actually, it's this whole fake reality show where oh. they're just filming him for his opinion. You know? <laughs> And all these crazy things happen that you wouldn't think is real unless you're actually living it. So for three weeks, he was living this kind of fantasy, but taking it really seriously. And he was such a nice dude about it that everyone's fallen in love with him and his DMs are like popping off with thirsty people. Is he like old? Young? <laughs> no, he's like fairly young, super he's tall. He's so tall. Go Ronald. Yeah. He gets like a hundred grand out of doing the show, right? Yeah. Along yeah. with getting like paid for his time being there. And I think, like, it did pop off on TikTok and everyone's in love with him. But also recently there's been, like, discourse about whether it's ethical or not. Yeah. It's basically, like, gaslit in mm. thinking this is real. Well, they set everything up. Like, even the interactions in the hotel, everything was <laughs> fake. So, like, 24-7 for three weeks was, you know, forming these relationships with characters. Yeah. That would mess with your head a bit. Yeah, it's giving Truman Show. Yeah, 100%. I remember going to see the Truman Show and then leaving with my cousin and being like, are you an actor? Like, I just didn't believe her (laughs) anymore. And, like, she was, like, a bad liar. And she's like, no, I swear I'm not. And I was like, she is. She fucking is. I was, like, 11 years old. (laughs) It changed my life. I don't know if I like this. I feel bad for Ronald. No, but he's, like... Yes, you feel bad for him at first, but he also got hundred grand. And right. Like he's, he's fine. Besties with James Marsden. He's in like ads with Ryan Reynolds. Homie's having a great time. It was a great show. I highly, highly recommend it. Very funny. Best reality show I've seen. And I've read about yeah. reality for like years. Mm. Mm. Is, there's a lot of like that real cringe, awkward moment stuff in there, isn't there? Because like yeah. the actors all carry on and really push the boundaries of like it's so interactions. Funny. Yeah. Oh, it's fucked. But it's like it's like The Office on steroids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good tagline. Um, I will give that a go at some point. Oh, jury duty. It feels like they're not going to be able to make many of those. Like that's maybe they the just last found the per- they found the perfect guy. Yeah. yeah, like he was so sweet. I think there was a moment where um, one of the characters is supposed to be this big weirdo that was meant to elicit a weird reaction from him, 
and he shows he, he like sh- puts on the movie Bugs Life on for this guy and has this cute chat and like <laughs> everything he does is so wholesome and you're like who created this man? Who, I don't think I can do it. Me? I don't think I can no, do it. That is extremely wholesome. Bugs He's life. So I love sweet. that. I'm already too yeah. invested in this man. I don't um, think I can watch it. Speaking of wholesome films, before we get into our major topics, you just wanted to quickly touch on a story we spoke about last week. Taylor Swift, Maddie Healy. Oh. He's been watching. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that segue. <laughs> He's been in trouble <laughs> for. I was like, I was, I, I thought we were going to. I was like, what, what wholesome thing were we going to be talking about? Um, yeah, sorry, this is going to be like the second disgusting thing that I talk about already. What ten minutes into the podcast? But Maddie Healy, who I am now referring to as Raddy Healy, is in trouble again. Yep, just started dating Taylor Swift. Allegedly, yes. allegedly, yes. allegedly. I don't know about you guys, but I've always thought, you know, he was just a bit of a ragamuffin, a bit of a cheeky lad, mm. you know, likes to, um, what's, I was going to say probe the edges. That's not right. <laughs> you just like to probe the edges. <laughs> <laughs> what, what word am I thinking? Toe the line. Toe yeah. the line. Like he likes to be. Test the boundaries a little. That's what I meant. Test mm. the boundaries, not probe. The, I mean, sounds similar. <laughs> Basically, he went on the Adam Friedland podcast and I think a lot of shit that's coming out about Raddy has come from this podcast where he's kind of revealed a little bit too much. And the recent bit that's been circulating lately was this bit where he was telling like this funny story about how Friedland and a woman walked into Healy masturbating to Ghetto Gaggers, which is very hardcore pornography, and he was doing it on his 77-screen TV 30 seconds after they left his house. So, like, he just immediately, they walked out the door, it's pants down. Yeah, he'd been thinking about it. It's obviously to do do that, he's he's obviously a bit, you know, toey. Yeah. And like a like a, a cockatoo that's been <laughs> tickled under the wings. No. <laughs> and uh, mm. on a Reddit forum, somebody said, if you definitely don't want to see the site, it is extreme niche porn that is has a lot of hatred for women and sort of men getting off on racially and sexually degrading black women. And obviously everybody's just like, mm. Taylor. Yeah, Taylor, what are you doing? What also, are you doing? Maddie, I'm going to say it. He's a no talkie. He needs a PR. He needs he to not go on a needs. podcast and tell that story. When you mentioned this story, I was like, oh, I don't think we can talk about it because it's I like know. defamation. <laughs> and then you're like, no, no, he told this he story told this on story. the podcast. <laughs> oh, I yeah. just, it's the 77 inch TV for me. Like just go into the toilet on your phone <laughs> like a normal person. That's like, a big why TV. Just, in the lounge room watching that like it's Lord of the Rings. It's like the casted it already. And I'm actually so upset about this because I've written so many horny articles about mm. that. Like before this came out, um, <laughs> you retract them officially now. I do. They've all been deleted off pedestrian They website. have, thank God. Have so they? Well, they will Fair. be after this. Yes, yes. <laughs> we'll move into our first top story for the day, which is the Australian Broadcasting Corporation receiving <clears throat> flack about their coverage of... King Charles's coronation, JRC, take it away, please. Yeah, I don't know if you guys watched a few weeks ago Charles' big day. I did. Did you? Unfortunately. Why did you watch? Why it? did I watch it? Well, it was a funny little, um, funny little setup. I was about to get on a plane back home from Bali. That's right. Um, yeah. You know, 
fresh yep. off living it up over there. Mm. Had the midnight flight, the red eye. Yep. Had a little bit of time to kill. So we had like a few hours. We thought, oh, well, maybe we'll go to a sports park <laughs> and watch some footy, Catch which is game. like the most Aussie on holiday shit, mm. going yeah. and finding footy at a sports bar and watching the same <laughs> shit you watch it back home while you're overseas on a holiday. <laughs> but anyway, we had a few hours to kill. We're like, let's just pull up here. We'll, um, we'll watch, you know, Tars and Reds were playing. Yep. Bunnies were playing. We'll yep. watch a bit of that. Anyway, we had the Tars and Reds on at the sports at the sports bar. Bunnies on the other TV. The lady came up to us and said, "Really sorry, but we're going to need to change that Tars and Reds TV." And we're like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "Well, we only have three channels, so they have multiple TVs, but they can only stream right. three channels at one time because of licensing." Yeah, and people have come in and booked a coronation. So unfortunately, <laughs> heaps of people are watching the NRL. They booked it. <laughs> heaps of people are watching the AFL. Yeah. Unfortunately, rugby's got to cut it because you guys are the only ones watching it, yeah. which is a very familiar scene yep. for rugby fans <laughs> around mm-hmm. Australia. Mm-hmm. They tend to be the only ones watching it in a pub. Um, that was gone. King Charlie up on yep. the screen, sausage fingers. Uh, he does yeah. have and people fingers. were really excited in this sports bar in Bali. It was quite an odd, odd scene. Yeah. Well, mine was kind of similar in that I'll just take any excuse to get away from my toddler and drink alcohol. So my friends and I are like, hey, this is British. Let's drink a bunch of gin. Like like I said, any excuse. Mm -hmm. So we put it on and it was so boring. Like I thought, I think because we've caught up before and done the whole G&T thing for like Megan and Harry's wedding, Kate and Will's wedding, you know, there's celebs, there's Posh and Becks, there's Ellie Goulding, look at their hats. But this was just like, so boring but the one entertaining thing for me was abc's coverage so before it started before the actual ceremony and he came in and did all his stuff with his big fingers they had a panel where they actually just like (laughs) heaped shit on the monarchy great here Mm. for that they were talking about you know um colonization like the impact on indigenous people the republic like do we even need this royal family like before the coronation which i just thought was amazing like Mm. Slam dunk. Then when the coronation started, they could not have given less of a fuck. Like they're literally, people are coming in, they're like, and there's um, someone arriving. Yep, not not sure who that is, but that's someone. You know, if you're on Channel 9 or 7, like they know, who, they've got the royal experts. They yeah. know who everyone is. These people just could not have given a fuck. And there were a thousand, over a thousand complaints about it. This all came out this week. There's been complaints and they're now doing an internal investigation into the coverage's bias, quote unquote, against King Charles. Amazing. There were like what percentage of the thousand letters were written by white women over the age of 60, do you reckon? Oh, it's literally like the monarchy club of Australia. Yeah. I made that up. But it's it's those I mean, look, people that are like, oh, how dare you? This is a big day. This is important. This is Charles' big day. Charles is like not racist. He didn't say anything bad. Is there a little <laughs> bit of fairness in just like, just give it to him? This is probably the last <laughs> one we're going to see. Oh, I mean, look, he's long in the tooth, but it might be the last one we see. Do we just let them have their three hours? No, I kept saying, why, why is this going for so long? We're probably going to see one in five years when True. William does this. Like, sorry, Charles. Just three hours, yeah? I went forever. Yeah. Can't we just switch to another channel? Yeah, I, by Let's that see. point we were just like mocking literally everyone on the screen mm. um, by the end of it. Old mate couldn't even crack a smile. Like, he looked so sad to be there. And yeah. Like, Bro, this is what you've been working to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why are you so sad? I'm like, yeah, you must be dead for a while. Right? Just, yeah, yeah, live it up. <laughs> to be fair, putting that crown on looked very, very heavy mm. on his head. There'd be mm. a lot of concentrating. Um, but I can see there'd be a lot of people who are like public broadcaster mm. getting money for this. 
just give us our three hours of King Charles. But as you said, you could just go to another channel. Yeah, you could just watch the rugby. Bit of celebrity relationship news. The new Kardashian relationship Mm. on the block. Uh, We're going to talk about Kendall Jenner, who has made headlines again, as she tends to do, by spotted being lovey-dovey with Puerto Rican superstar Benito Antonio Martinez Ocasio. Mm. also known as Bad Bunny Mm -hmm. to you guys, who is massive. I I only about a year ago realised how big Yeah, I didn't realise. Yeah. I remember saying, who is Bad Bunny? And then all of the Gen Z members of my team laughed in my face. Oh, Um, yeah. So that's how I knew Bad Bunny was a big deal. Yeah. That would have been tough. He's got billions and billions of Mm -hmm. views being Mm -hmm. on TikTok. Mm. I'm the same. I wasn't aware of him until a little while ago. And then I realised how big he is. He was... Front row, game six, Warriors and Lakers in San Fran with Kendall Jenner. They were cuddling. Um, The Warriors got smoked by LeBron James, who um, probably the greatest basketballer of all time. I'm aware. I do know that. I know that. You do know that? Yes, I know that one. Okay. There were photos of Kendall and Bad Bunny looking not very happy. And lots Mm. of people saying, like, what's going on? This is a PR thing, but they don't look very happy about it. The photos tell a story, don't they? Yeah. I think that, so I did a dive into this because I was like, mm, I don't want to believe everything I see. And there are photos of them actually cracking a smile. Really? But obviously everybody's just handpicking the ones where they look absolutely miserable and it looks like Kendall does not want to listen. Yeah, to- and there was a blind item saying that she was like pulling away when he was trying to touch her and stuff. Like mm. someone was... It was watching very much like those memes that you see of the guy trying to explain something to the girl at a house party. That's what it felt like sometimes. Like he was leaning in saying like LeBron is the greatest and she's like, oh, no, it's Michael Jordan. Yeah. Um, But uh, I started thinking and I was wondering if maybe he was unhappy because he has realised he might fall prey to the Kardashian curse. Mm. What is the Kardashian curse? So the Kardashian curse is basically – a thing that has beset athletes over the years. Athletes have gone from the top of their game to the bottom of their game, and it's happened time and time again. I'll just give you a quick little run through, and then I believe LM is uh, <laughs> has some has some things to say on this. But uh, it all started back back in the day with Reggie Bush. Uh, he was an NFL star, oh won a Heisman God. Trophy. Huh? Sorry, I forgot about Reggie Bush. Yeah, Heisman <laughs> Trophy, which is like the big college award, um, got a Super Bowl ring. He dated Kim Kardashian on and off from 2007 to 2010. His career ended after their breakup. Now, NFL, lot shorter careers because it's so much harder on the body. Maybe there's something to do with that, but that happened. Mm-hmm. Then came a guy called Chris Humphreys. Mm-hmm who was a rising NBA talent. He saw his career nosedive after his 72-day marriage to Kim Kardashian. <laughs> um, didn't end up well for him. Lamar Odom, oh, things went particularly no. bad for him. We won't touch too much on that. Uh, Tristan Thompson, he yeah, he's had a bit of career damage, a bit of reputational damage as well. Things have gone downhill, I would mm. say. Um, I would probably put that blame on him rather than Chloe Kardashian for being a complete fuckboy. Yep. No? Oh, I'm mostly going through the sporting lens now, but okay. I get you. All right. Anyway, it all culminated with Ben Simmons. And this was basically when the hypothesis of yes. the Kardashian <laughs> curse became widely held scientific theory. That mm-hmm. was, we got the double peer review on the scientific journal. <laughs> 
bang, this is it. This is just scientific theory now. Ben Simmons was the number one draft pick, 2016. He looked set for the dizzying, dizzying heights. It was compared to LeBron, mm. who knew where he was going to go because he's super athletic, huge frame. It looked all ahead of him, right? And things were going pretty well. He was an all-star. He was looking for a max contract, which he did end up getting. But anyway, he'd had a couple of good years at Philadelphia and then he started dating Kendall Jenner. We spoke about it at the time. We wrote about the curse and we wrote about concerns. We tried to warn Ben. <laughs> we tried to say, be careful. you got to know what you're getting into here. He obviously didn't listen. And he then choked in a couple of big game finals after they started dating. Broke up. Mm-hmm. Got injured. Got traded. Got injured again. Is about to get traded again, potentially. Has never really hit any decent form. And... Uh, it's all been downhill for Ben. Obviously, he's still earning like 35 million US dollars a year, living in a nice house. Things aren't too bad comparatively yeah. and relatively. <laughs> but in terms of his sporting career, it may it looks like it may have taken an irreversible nosedive oh, since no. dating a Jenna. So that's why it's a thing. Mm-hmm. And I now wonder with Bad Bunny, is he going to go from being number one on the global <laughs> Spotify charts all the way down to the bottom. Is he something going to happen? Is he going to stop making good music? I don't know. Look, okay. I remember listening to this episode, being like screaming at my phone, being like, no, it's not a curse. And I know that I'm a Kardashian apologist, but I disagree with this theory. <laughs> okay. Because maybe, and hear me out here, maybe these men are flawed and maybe it's their <laughs> doing and not blaming the woman that they're with for their sporting downfall. I get ya. Common denominator though. The but Kardashians, so all these guys. I know, I know, but it just seems weird that it's happening more often than it's not happening. Maybe it's just surviving in the public eye. It's mm. like a really close lens that's mm. really hard and puts pressure on these relationships. And these men suck, like they're cheaters and alert. Well, I mean, yeah, true. I, I would say allegedly most professional sports people are cheaters and <gasps> there would be what? some. <laughs> yeah, I am you know, shocked and disgusted. But <laughs> all I can say is that track record of those mm. sports people, everything went downhill. Post-Kardashians, and I don't know if it bodes well Ooh. for your favourite name to pronounce. Uh, Timothy Chalamet. Mm. Timothée. Timothée I you are going to give Chalamet? it a bit more than oh, that, you're sorry. <laughs> Timothée Chalamet. <laughs> yes. But we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens to Bad Bunny. Maybe the curse will be lifted. It'll be proven wrong. We'll have to go back and get some more peer reviews on the Scientific Journal. Maybe. We'll see, Ellen. <laughs> All right, next up, Phoebe Bridges and Bo Burnham. Burnham? Burnham. 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 Um, whoever those people are, I'm going to need someone to explain Phobo. who they are, please. Phobo, Phobo yeah. Please, an explanation. <laughs> They're in a relationship. Before we get into the relationship, who are they? Sorry. So Phoebe Bridges is a musician from the band Boy Genius and mm-hmm. not the chick from Fleabag, which is yeah. Phoebe Waller Bridge. I never actually realised how similar their names are. Really I see, I thought that's what yeah, I used to right. think. Yeah. I was so confused. I was like, wow, she really does a lot, this Phoebe she, Bridges she, Waller. She is amazing. Yeah. She's really funny on TV and then really sad in her music. Like, yeah. the woman can do everything. Yeah. Multi-talented. Yeah. But it's not her. So it's not her. <laughs> and she was engaged to Paul Mascal, mm. who blew up, I believe it was 2020. Yeah. He was in the show Normal People, yeah. which was just this very – depressed horny show i finally got around to watching it i cried it was a beautiful show Mm. Um, but he was like the internet's boyfriend and then bo burnham 
Also the internet's Internet's boyfriend. Internet's boyfriend. I have loved him since probably 2010 because he started out on youtube he was did vines and then he's done stand up and of course he did inside 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 yep. um so i can see they're actually a perfect match in mm. my eyes they're both kind of depressing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so basically phoebe and paul broke up and it's kind of murky if mm. there was an overlap in the relationship with Bo Burnham. There's a lot of speculation that um, she had an affair, but it's not confirmed. Anyway, they've been spotted a lot together, but a lot of Paul fans are in denial that yep. she and Bo were together. But a video has finally <laughs> come out over the past couple of days of their macking on Mm -hmm. and you won't believe who revealed did the hard launch of this relationship. (laughs) It was the man who is as committed to his wife as he is to his haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Keith Urban dropped it on TikTok. Oh, Keith. Mm. You know what's funny is I just got on TikTok this week. Like I've had an account but I have avoided it. I've said this before on the podcast. It scares me because I hadn't curated my algorithm it was just like a wild west. Now I've curated it. It's all Harry Potter. It's fine. But like the week I get on TikTok, mum's on TikTok, dad's on TikTok in his Dumois era just launching because so far we'd only kind of heard stories about, oh, I saw Bo and Phoebe at X event, like blind, you know, goss items. I think they'd held hands somewhere. Rumoured. Potentially. There's There's just photos of them like walking through the airport and then walking down the street. Like that's all we've got. And everyone's like clinging onto this. Meanwhile, Keith's just like, here we are at Taylor Swift's show. He's doing like like, a selfie video and they are fully making out in the background. (laughs) (laughs) It's incredible. It is so incredible. Such a dad thing to do. So dad. Yeah, that's like accidental daggy dad rather than PR (laughs) relationship, isn't it? My favourite thing about it is that like I looked at all of his TikTok videos and they're getting like, what, 25K views. (laughs) And I bet he's looking at this being like, wow, it's doing really well. (laughs) This has 800 million views. People love us, dude. <laughs> I should do more of these. <laughs> what uh, relationship do we want Keith to accidentally hard launch next? Ooh. Maybe he can do like Taylor and Maddie next because we know what's yeah. happening, but like this was a hard, hard. I reckon if he does, that's when I'll be like, this is bullshit because yeah. that'll 100% be Taylor's publicist. Like, yeah. oh, this is genius. Yeah. Keith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And our final story of the day, we're going to talk about the Writers Guild of America going on strike for the first time in 15 years, which is going to have a profound effect on entertainment. Laura Mazia, tell us what's going on. Yeah, so I'm actually really surprised that more people aren't talking about this because it's a really big deal, not just for like our friends in the States, but also here. It's going to affect like everything that we watch on TV, Mm. essentially, or on streaming services. So basically, two weeks ago, the Writers Guild of America announced that all 11,500 members decided to go on strike because, well, shocker, they weren't getting paid mm, for their the services. Hell? I know, crazy. Can you believe they want to be paid? Anyway, so companies currently pay less residuals for writers on streaming shows than if they were to be cast on TV. So oh. 10 years ago, that would have made sense when your Grey's Anatomy is on Channel 7. It's like mm. thriving. But these days when streaming is everything, yeah. it doesn't really work out. And these writers are like, what the fuck? Yeah. Which is fair. Yes, they should be striking. That sucks. Yeah. And then also screenwriters are currently not getting paid for if something's like a White Lotus or Stranger Things. 
mm. compared to if it's a flop. So mm. it's the same break mm. around, which mm. really isn't fair considering the not cool dollars coming in. Do we need to add like a tip your screenwriter on Binge <laughs> or something like that? Yes. Were you happy with your screenwriter's performance yes. in this show? Tip 10%. Because sorry, but yeah. most of those shows, it's the writers. Succession, which I now watch, so I'm like <laughs> mm. down. Might be biased, but I'd say writers are the most important. They part. are. Outs- you know, actors are... Yeah. But writers stand there. So put in. Yeah, it's the source material. Absolutely. And I think that a lot of people say that creative jobs can be done by anyone, but this is kind of proof. And the fact that it happened 15 Mm. years ago is proof Mm. that it can't. So, like, in 2007 it happened and we lost a bunch of shows. And Mm. I think that a lot of people like our age don't remember that. Like, um, so they were on strike for about 100 days and it severely impacted TV shows that we know and love. So some examples are like Heroes. Do you guys remember that? Yes, R.I.P. Yeah. Gone too save soon. Save the cheerleader, save mm. the world. Yes, that's exactly, <laughs> exactly it. <laughs> Ugly Betty. And then rumour has it we lost like a full season of The Office because of this writer's No. Strike. That's criminal, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Sex and the C- City season six was shorter yes, because a of, lot of The Writer's Strike. Yes, a lot of Yeah. But yeah, so now we're two weeks into the strike and we're already starting to see some roll-on effects. So all of the like late night shows like Jimmy Kimmel are there on hiatus and a bunch of writing rooms for shows like Stranger Things, Abbott's Elementary and Cobra Kai are now closed until they reach an agreement. And we don't know when that's going to be. Not Stranger. This is the final season of Stranger Mm. Things. This is important. Crucial, I would say, that we need the fucking writers in the room. (laughs) Millie Bobby Brown can't do this herself. (laughs) She can't. She's only 12. Is it easier for the those shows that are dropping new seasons or they're dropping new shows, it's easier for them, right, to hold out in terms of the strike rather than the nightly shows and the daily shows that have gone on hiatus because they have huge rooms of writers, don't they, that are working every day to get stuff out. So it's, it's much harder for them to, to hold out against them, right, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, last time this happened, we saw this huge resurgence in um, – reality television mm. today because that was the only thing that people could do you don't need writers so like thank you for that the, writer. <laughs> the kardashians <laughs> i love them um but no i think it's a pretty shitty situation we just need to pay our writers mm. and um so at the met gala a few weeks back amanda seafried summed it up super well and she said i don't get what the problem is everything changed with streaming and everyone should be compensated for their work it's fucking easy yes Mm. Go, Amanda. It's interesting how powerful, or I find it interesting how powerful the Writers Guild and the Actors Guild are over in America. Not somewhere I traditionally associate with like strong union presences, but they can just go like, righto, we're just shutting the whole industry down and everything is on pause until they sort something Mm. out and pay the writers. Is there any clarity around when they might pay writers or what's going to happen? Or is it just we're on hold um, for a while and get ready for some new reality TV shows over the coming months. Yeah, so it's been two weeks. We're on hold until they come to an agreement. So fingers crossed that it's soon, but also they've just got to fight until they get what they earn, like what mm. they, is their right, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. They must be bleeding. The right to write. Amen, sis. <laughs> that's a good note to wrap it up on. I think that's all we've got uh, this week in entertainment news. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye.